Y'all, today I have a very special guest, and that's Kate from Simple Pen Media. And y'all, I'm not even going to lie to you that I'm kind of fangirling over here. Kate was one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to in my career when I was just getting started as a VA and learning all about Pinterest. And so for her to reach out and want to be on this podcast is super special for me. And we're talking all about agencies, Pinterest, creating a course as a service provider, getting visible as a service provider. We covered so many topics in such a small amount of time. This is jam-packed with knowledge bombs, and I can't wait to hear your biggest knowledge bomb. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Our family. I am so excited because I have Kate here from Simple Pen Media, and I am just so excited to chat with you. I was just telling Kate before we jumped on here that her podcast was, I'm pretty sure, the very first podcast I ever listened to when I got started as a virtual assistant and really dug into being a Pinterest manager. And now we have you on the podcast. So this is exciting. So, Kate, tell my audience a little bit about who you are as a person and then also about your business. Yeah. Well, first, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. You know, as you know, you do a podcast and you're like, is anybody listening to this? Like you don't get a whole lot of feedback. So as a person, I am a strong Enneagram three. I love the Enneagram, which means I am a huge achiever. So I love to think in goals and patterns and all of that good stuff. And of course, during the time of COVID, I miss my friends so much. So I'm a big people person. I have three kids. I'm married for 19 years and I have my office here in this she shed in my yard. That's me as a person. And then business-wise, I run a Pinterest management and marketing agency, Simple Pin Media. I started it seven years ago to really help people learn how to market on Pinterest because people were really confused. They were like, I don't know what to do with Pinterest. I use it personally, but I don't know how to use it for business. So I dove in and that was really one, two, three clients in. And I said, hey, if this works, great. And if it doesn't, don't tell anybody. We'll just consider it all a wash. And it worked. And later we have 120 clients and our membership and 38 employees. It's crazy. That's so insane. And I'm so glad that we're going to jump into this and talk about how you really built this agency, but also how the membership is kind of like this front and your agency is the back and also how you became known I would love to chat about this. I'm guessing partly because of your podcast, but I can't wait to dive into like how you became known as the go-to person with Pinterest and chat a little bit about the relationships you've built. Because I know that I've downloaded your lead magnet with Tailwind. And so I would love to also dive into those partnerships as well a little bit. So one, Enneagram three, I'm an Enneagram eight, but my strengths finder, my number one's achiever. So... (laughs) Ah, okay, got it. Yeah. So I like whenever anyone tells us like their Enneagram, their human design, any of that. So that's always fun information. And so let's jump into how did you actually get started in the online space? Yeah, I was helping a friend who had a frugal deal blog at the time. And this was like 2012. We were coming out of the recession. She was teaching people how to coupon, right? Because people were still 
really struggling with the whole economy. And we were too. My husband had tried to get a job. He lost his job in 2009 and then again in 2012. And so we were just trying to make ends meet. And so she said, why don't you come and learn how to blog, learn how to do Facebook marketing for me so we can really take this to the next level because she was teaching coupon classes and all of that. Well, late 2013, we were really out of unemployment. We were living on food stamps. I had three little kids and I was at her house and she was like, Hey, I know a lot of people are going to Pinterest because Facebook has basically changed their algorithm. Nobody can get their business pages to be seen anymore. So they're flooding to Pinterest and nobody knows how to use it. You should really manage people's Pinterest pages. And I was like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Nobody's going to take me up on that. They're going to think that's lame. And she said, you have no other options. Like you have no money coming in the door. You have nothing. And I was like, well, she's got a point. So I searched for a name and what would fit. And I thought, well, we'll start it and then see how it works. So it was really trying to figure out, can Pinterest work for a marketer? And I think at that time, I was really one of the first to start to ask that question because people were still hanging on to Facebook going, it's going to come back. You know, that's what we do in the online world sometimes when things change is we say, it'll come back, it'll come back, it'll come back. So all of it was self-taught and really making a lot of mistakes in this beginning marketer online world. And then just watching what a lot of other people were doing. And that really helped get me into the weeds of it all pretty much right away. I think that that's so interesting is so many of my listeners have DM me and said like they started because their family needed food. That's why I started. My family got to a point we needed food. And it's so amazing how something that feels like so drowning in that moment can be the thing that really pivots how we're working our life and living our life and then what that comes from. And so I love that piece of it. And then also, I like that you said that you figured it out on your own. I think as service providers, one of the greatest gifts that we have is we're in the back end of people's businesses. Like we have more knowledge on how anything works than anyone else because we're in it. And so I love that. So then tell me about like, where did the Simple Pin Media podcast, when did that come into play? Did you already have a full client roster? Where did this podcast come in? Yeah, probably late 2014 when we had started the business, it was still very much this just need to survive, right? And I was working with these few clients saying, okay, tell me, give me all the feedback about services. How is this working for you? Because as a service provider, you realize you're taking a piece of someone's business off their plate. And like you said, you know everything about the back end of it and you know how tough it is for them. So those people started to tell more people, tell more people. And I started to get these requests that in November of 2014, I all of a sudden had a ton in my inbox. And I went out to the living room and I told my husband, I'm like, are we going to do this? Like, is this going to be legit? Because right now my brain isn't still seeing it as legit. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. So I actually hired a business coach because I realized that I was basically tripping over my feet. I did not know what I was doing. And so when I hired him, he helped me get a lot of that organized and then said, okay, it's time for you to start establishing your name in this space. And at the time, somebody had been recording a Pinterest podcast for those previous two years, but she stepped away from her business suddenly. And so there was basically this gap at this time that nobody was teaching on Pinterest marketing. And he was like, you got to go for it. Like, now's your time. You just got to do it. And I was so scared. I'm like, what if I sound like an idiot? What if I don't know what I'm talking about? He's like, you just have to do it. 
So I started it and realized I loved it because my number one on the strengths finder is communication. And so it's like my jam to be able to do video or to do podcasts. And I found that I was better able to communicate and teach in that way to where people could understand what I was saying. And I could break it down into simple action items. Like I don't want things to be confusing. And so that propelled my teaching. And I think how I was known both through building my email list during that time too, because that's one of the first things he set me up with was build your email list, do a freebie. So we did our signature planner and then we went to the podcast. And I think those two things of just delivering and just giving people really good value was what really leveled me up during that time. And I did have the advantage that really there wasn't anybody else teaching on it at the time. I love this. And I know some of my audience though is making excuses right now. And they're going to be like, well, Kate got in there early because there wasn't another Pinterest. But if there's someone now that's like a Facebook ad manager, a Pinterest manager, OBM, whatever it is, would you say just because there's other podcasts out there that they shouldn't start one? No, definitely not. Because everybody has a different perspective, right? Start that because people need to hear your voice and your perspective. How I teach on Pinterest might be totally different than how somebody else teaches. And I think one of the things you have to do is figure out how you're wired, figure out how you teach and what your value add is. Don't look at what somebody else is doing because that's going to distract you away from how you're built and created to deliver this message to people. I mean, I look around even at Facebook ads agencies There's a ton out there. There's a ton of ways that people see these perspectives because of their learning of how they've worked with clients. And one of the advantages that you have is you have a certain perspective with the people that you've worked with. So absolutely do it and create a different spin on it that works uniquely for you. I love that. And then the other thing is you're strategic because it's not just putting out a bunch of content. Like you're building that email list. You have the lead magnet. You're not constantly changing that lead magnet. As long as I've been listening to your podcast, I feel like it's been the same one and a new one comes out each year. And so I love the simplicity in that. And then also the great thing about podcasting, I think is like people hear you on podcasts and you instantly have authority. It's not like other channels, which a lot of times we dictate by the social proof. So how many likes, followers, things like that. But podcasts, the only really social proof you have is reviews, but you could have like a thousand downloads a month and still have more reviews than someone who has 10,000 downloads a month. And so it's this like really nice, just level playing field with people where they're coming to you and listening because they love what you're putting out and they come back week after week. And it's not so much like, oh, but she only has 400 followers. She's not an expert. Mm, Yeah, that's such a great point too. And I think you realize that a podcast allows you into like a really intimate part of people's lives where they're at the gym, they're driving, they're getting ready in the morning. So it's a different type of connection that I agree with you is so much deeper than the social proof metrics of likes, because that only goes so far. Anybody can like a photo and it doesn't require a connection. Yeah. I love that. So tell me at what point did you go from, okay, we're going all in on this And then start making like serious life-changing money to like having a podcast. And where did this all timeframe happen? In 2015, it was really the foundational pieces to say, how do I position my business in a way that tells people that I have authority in this space, but shows what our services are. So at that time, we were just offering services of consultations and do it for you, Pinterest management. 
And then later in 2015 was when we really wanted to dive into podcast content with blog post content. So I added that site to really level up the teaching. And then the question was, do we need a product? Like, do we need a course or do we need a membership? And that created a totally different side that I wasn't really prepared I didn't know how to take it on. And I think as a service provider, you're so committed to your clients that sometimes you can feel like if you step away from that a little bit, am I pushing my clients away a little bit? Or am I not giving them enough attention? Will they feel like I'm not giving them enough attention? So I really wrestled with this whole idea of like what products to create for people. But I knew that there were people who couldn't afford our services too, because we were continuing to raise prices as you should, you know, with being a service provider. So we wanted that pathway. But to your point earlier about looking at what other people are doing, I really got caught up in that comparison trap of looking at what other courses were created out there on the market more so than what I had to offer. So I want to say like 2016, 2017, we were really growing and scaling and my team was growing too. And I was trying to figure out how to create this course, but I kept looking to other people. And I realized like, oh, I'm comparing myself to a course creator when I'm a service provider. And it's easy to look at income reports and go, oh, this course creator made a hundred grand and I sold my course and I made 20 grand, right? And my business coach was so great at that time because he's like, but what did you make on your services? You did make 50 grand on your services plus 20 grand on this. And you're comparing apples to oranges. You can't compare your business model to somebody else's model. So I feel like that was kind of a crisis of business for me to really carve out who I was. So actually the course I created during that time, I completely shut down because I felt like it was so hard to keep up with. It required so much updating, right? Because we're dealing with Pinterest. And then we began to create the membership in mid spring 2019. And that felt like it fit like a glove. It was like, oh, this fits for me. It's teaching in real time and it's really connecting. So I feel like All of that kind of leveled up at the same time that clients were growing and our teaching was growing, but now it all meshed in that late 2019 to really make sense. I love this because you're not in the story because sometimes it's so easy to look at people and be like, oh, they're an overnight success. And it's very rarely an overnight success. You just didn't see all the work that they put in before because you either didn't know their name. You don't know what's going on in the back of their business. And so I love that you're like laying it out. Like this was not an overnight success. This was a lot of like mindset shifts. It was also like personal growth and then also business growth, leaning in on a coach and stop comparing yourself. And one thing I think that service providers don't realize is they have such a unique take on courses and memberships. Like they know the parts that the person who's like in there, like someone who's just teaching Pinterest because they did it for themselves. That's way different than someone who's teaching Pinterest that did it for a ton of other people. Like, it's just so different. And I think that so many times as service providers, they don't feel like they're experts enough to be teaching this because they're not doing it for themselves, but you're doing it for so many other people, which is so much more powerful in my opinion. And then you also have that other stream of revenue that your services, I always say like, they're so cash flow positive. Like it's just coming in where courses, they take time to grow. It's not like a hundred K overnight. It's something that takes time. And so when you can mesh those like you have, that's when like the real magic happens and you really see the revenue grow. I would love to know as you go back and you talked about how your first course you totally got rid of. So Mm -hmm. tell us about that decision. 
I felt like teaching Pinterest, like I said, was always there and it was what I wanted to do. But I created the course with the idea of somebody else's course in mind. So it was great and it was broken down into modules and it was all these things. But I felt like it was so labor intensive that throughout that year, as we were working through updates and people needing me, I felt so exhausted as a business owner because not only was I growing a team and I'm very much wired with a leadership skill and helping to nurture a team and build them up and create systems. I love that. And I love watching people come into my business who are way smarter than me, who have way more creative ideas. And I want to empower them to like run with it because that's the gift of hiring a team. But I also had all these customers on the course side who kept asking me questions. They were frustrated when like they would open up a video and it wouldn't look how they thought it was going to look. And they were all confused. And I felt exhausted. How am I supposed to navigate these two pieces of this business and know where to put my brain? And so late 2018, I thought, I'm so tired of updating. It's costing us so much money to update. And truly, my heart isn't in it. And I don't love it. And if I'm going to teach something to somebody, I want them to know that my energy and my heart and all of that is in it. And I think there was an element too, to your point of like service providers work on so many other businesses. We don't really always have time to work on our own. You do get caught up in this influencer trap, if you will, that like, I want to be seen as the person with the biggest Pinterest account or the most awesome whatever. But yet that's what I'm doing for my clients. That's what I'm teaching my team to do for my clients. And so if you get caught in that, it distracts you from that main focus. During this time, we were also had entered into fostering as a family and we gotten a baby and we went through two years of just excruciating court cases and ups and downs and adoption. And then she went and returned to her biological father. And so not only am I dealing with like this business crisis, I'm also dealing with a personal crisis that's requiring like deep grief in my life. And so what I learned during that time was just to pare down and get rid of everything that was dragging me down. And the course was just one of them. And then it gave me the space to actually come up for air to go, okay, what do I really want? Not so much like a Kate business perspective, but like a want for the people I'm serving. Like I really truly do care about the business owners that enter into my business. Like I want your business to release you to do something else that you love. That's what I believe for my life too. So I want my teaching to be 100%. I don't want you to get the leftovers. I will say releasing that course and being done with it allowed me to come up for air, get a breath and go, what fits us? Like what fits Simple Pen? What fits Kate? And then make a different decision. I think we're so afraid as business owners, especially service providers, like we're just afraid to let go of things sometimes because we're like, oh, I think this will work. I'm just going to keep trying and keep trying. And sometimes you just got to go, it's not going to work. And this just, it just didn't work. And do you think that if you wouldn't have went through that experience with the course, like creating it, going through that, you would have figured out like this membership is what I love. This is what I want to be doing. Do you feel like you had to go through that with the course to figure out the membership? Yeah, you bet. And I definitely had to go through the whole comparison trap game. I had to sort that all out. I had to go through this constant need to get it right. I've had two business coaches so far, and this was my second business coach. And I was like, man, I just want to get this right. And she was like, do you realize how often you say, get this right? And do you realize there is no quote unquote right way to do it? The experts are quote unquote might tell you there's a right way, but it's really the way that works for your business to where you can serve 
people. And had I not gone through these pieces and as an Enneagram three, my greatest fear is failure. So, I mean, it's giving up something or saying you can't do it is like failure, right? Just all that stuff I had to go through personally to then come up for air and so go, oh, now I know what I want. And now I'm not held so tightly to getting it right. Like there's a lot of agility you can have in a membership too. It's just a lot more freedom with my personality. I don't know. It just, I had to go through that really hard time to get to where I wanted. And nobody wants to go through that. Nobody wants to be like, sign me up for the business failure class because that's going to be awesome. That's just not how it works. Yeah. And I 100% agree with all that. I think especially as service providers and when I'm talking to my students in beta to biggie, they're so concerned, like whatever they create now is going to be the end all be all. Like it's got to be the thing that works. And it's usually not. I mean, maybe you hit a home run and it is, but most of the time, like you got to at least take some action to get the clarity you need to create the thing that really lights you up. And you have to go through that in order to figure out what that is. So I love that you shared that, Kate. And so my question is, who was your first hire? So you said you have a team now of 30 people. How many of these are employees, contractors, and who was the first person you hired? The first person I hired was a good friend of mine at my church. And my daughter actually was suddenly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the first year of business, July, eight months in. I was in the hospital. I was messaging all my clients. I'm like, I just need to know. I just need a couple days. I'll work on it. I promise. And they were all so gracious, right? But I realized in that moment, like, I need a number two. Like, I need an emergency person. So I sat down with her because I knew she wanted a job, part-time, work at home. And I said, I can teach you everything that I'm doing. I need you just to do this. And so as I brought her on, I realized, ooh, I love this really nurturing people, bringing people in. And I have an opportunity to help people have a second job. Like that could be super cool too. Like all these moms who maybe never thought they'd go back into the workforce. I can teach them the skill and then it will be our methods and all that kind of stuff. So that was the first hire in 2014. And then late 2014, when I hired that business coach, I hired two other friends that I knew locally taught them what I was doing. I crunched the numbers to see like how much I could pay them and afford profit margin. And then it was like people just started coming along locally. And I made a decision at that time, which not all my team members are local now, but I made a decision to hire locally because I wanted the face-to-face connection. I wanted this community here too as well. So I live in Portland, Oregon. Most of the people who are here in the Portland, Vancouver area, they're all local, but I do have some that are ones in Ohio or Maryland. But we all merged to employees back in 2020. I had contractors for a while. And then we got to a point where the company rolled into an S Corp. And we felt like with a lot of the freelancer laws that were happening and the ways in which our company had a structure, it was just really wise for us to go to employees, which was another really scary thing too, because you just think like, now I'm legit, right? Like I can't, This is just different. So we merged to that. And that's probably been one of the best decisions that I ever could have made. And then we do have a few contractors that we use here on the side. But I would say the majority are part-time. So they're work-at-home moms who only want to work about 20 hours a week. And then we have a leadership team that is mostly full-time. I love that. And one of the things that really stuck out that you said is, for me, I've never wanted an agency. Like we have a team on my core side, not on my service side. And so one thing that I always see that I feel like it's a big mistake is people don't look at those profit margins before they bring on subcontractors. And that's the first thing you said you did is you were looking at the profit margins to make sure that it made sense. 
And everyone always thinks like I have this thing against agencies. I don't. I think that you have to look at your numbers and too often people aren't looking at their numbers and they're not priced according to be able to hire subcontractors. Mm -hmm. And you have to be wired for it too. I mean, there's an element of like, you have to like having a team of people. You have to like being reached out to or being this person who really does steer the ship. And a lot of people feel like that knocks them off their creativity game or it's frustrating. And if that's you, that's fine. I agree with you. Like there's no one size fits all or agency or not an agency. It's are you wired and can you make money? Because you're right. You don't want 90% of your profit margin going towards a team and you're coming away with 10 and then you have to take 20% off that, you know, like for taxes. So it's all those number crunching. And I realized I could do it. And so why wouldn't I scale it and then let these people make money too? Yeah, I love that. And our whole team is also moms. So I love being able to help other moms have businesses. So I love that we're on the same page with that. So before we jump into the rapid fire and wrap this up, this has been so great. I want to ask one final question. And that is with Pinterest, do you think that service providers need to be on Pinterest themselves in order to land clients? Or is this something that's great for like course creators or content marketers or bloggers? I think Pinterest is great for anybody who can educate as the top of their funnel or the front door to what they're talking about. So for us as service providers, we use Pinterest because we want to get people onto our email list because then they can get into our ecosystem and learn about what we do. And so there's a lot of how-tos or educating around Pinterest marketing. So if you have the ability to do that as a service provider, asking questions like, why should I hire this type of X? Why should I hire a designer? Or even using the tool to coordinate with your clients. I see designers or people doing branding or anything like that. Pinterest can be a powerful one-to-one client tool that you can use. But the biggest thing to realize is that Pinterest users, they're in a place of like gathering information or dreaming or wanting to look for something they're not always at the decision-making point. So if you have a point in your business where you want to capture awareness or you want to capture people's attention, Pinterest is the place to do that. But it's not necessarily always going to result in, here, sign up for Pinterest management services, right? Like it's not going to go that quickly. Whereas Instagram, you can sometimes get that quicker connection right away or even the quicker dopamine hit, right? Like Instagram or other tools that give you that quick hit feel better. Whereas Pinterest is like Google. It's this thing that you're nurturing for the long term because you know that people are going to be searching for when to hire or how to hire, how do I do branding or something like that. So it is a good tool, but it has to be in how you use it. A lot of people just see Pinterest and they start pinning like crazy and they're like, I'm just going to put up all my stuff. Nope. I use Pinterest because I want to grow my email list. That's number one. I don't so much care about how much traffic I'm getting, but I care about awareness and getting people to sign up for my free planner. Yeah, I love that. And so real quick, I know I said that was the last question, but you just brought up the planner. (laughs) Did you reach out to Tailwind or did they reach out to you to team up with you? Because the planner is both of y'all, right? It used to be. Yeah. So actually the planner was started by us at Simple Pin in 2015, 2016. We partnered in 2017 and then we kind of peeled back the partnership. It was totally amicable. It wasn't anything crazy, but we started to kind of peel our brands a little bit apart again. So they're both are the same name, which is a little bit confusing. 
but that's how kind of it happened. So first two years, us, Tailwind, and then going forward, we still have it. And then we decided this year, we'd had the planner for so long, we decided to do something totally different and create a keyword planner. So it's a Pinterest keyword planner. That's again, like 18 pages of keyword ideas that you can use for every niche, every season, you name it, it's in there. So we've tried to diversify that a little bit, but that's a great question. And I get that quite a lot. I love it. Okay. So real quick, we'll run through some rapid fire. And then if you have any final thoughts and also where my community can find you, but this does not have to be the first word, just the first few things that come to your mind. What is your favorite part of your business? Leadership and my team. I love that. I don't think anyone's ever said that on the podcast. That's great. (laughs) Okay. Best piece of business advice you've ever received. Don't chase someone else's business success. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think we all need that reminder sometimes. It's so easy to play comparison with like Instagram highlight reels and things like that. What does success mean to you? It means being able to work on my business, not always in my business, and then releasing our family to do other things that we love or reach goals that help us achieve freedom, both financially and then mentally and locationally. I love that because you travel quite a bit, right? Well, before, you know. Yeah, pre-COVID. Yes. Yeah, I do. Especially speaking, I do that quite a bit. And then I'm able to bring my family with me, which is pretty fun. I love that. Okay. And final question, what choices has your business opened up for you? I think it's opened up the ability to really choose like who I work with and how I really curate content for people and being more selective instead of in this like feast or famine mode. Now the choice is really more the luxury of choice, right? And being able to choose something based on what I want to do instead of based on what I need to do to survive. I love it. Well, Kate, this has been so amazing. And where can my audience connect with you more? And do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah, I would say connection is always simplepinmedia.com or I'm at simplepinmedia on, on all channels and then the podcast, Simple Pin Podcast. And I think the final thing I would just leave people with is like as you're wrestling with who you are as a service provider or even creating a membership or whatever it is, really be thinking about how you're wired and what you love and really try to keep your blinders on and not look at somebody else's business because you have great gifts and talents to offer. And those can really infuse into your services and your products. If you keep your eyes on your own page. I love that. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this episode. You bet. Y'all, how good was that? I mean, seriously, between going into all the mindset that Kate overcame, also how she was able to use her podcast to leverage her services and really become the go-to person in the industry, and then how she completely got rid of a course after she created it and let us know that the course you start with does not have to be the end-all be-all. And just all the ups and downs and reminding us success never happens overnight and to always keep our blinders on. This podcast was so good. So we have a special link for you. So in the show notes, you can grab her free download with all those keywords. So if you're a Pinterest manager, you've thought about getting on Pinterest, this is a great time. And if you want to learn more about her membership, just go on and download and get all of the juicy details. So we will link that up in the show notes for you. So you have access to that. And I cannot wait to hear all your amazing DMs. 
And if you're like Kate and you're ready to go out and create your second stream of revenue for your service-based business with a course or membership, then head over to betatobiggie.com and apply to join us for 2021 in our Beta to Biggie program, where I take you through 12 months of group coaching, one-on-one calls, critiques, weekly Q&As, and more on going from a loose idea to a six-figure launch over the next 12 months. So if you're like, yes, Brini, let's do the dang thing, go to betatobiggie.com and apply today. And until next week, y'all, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.